0: Well, welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries. It has been a little while. Uh, we are in April, April 1st of 2020. And we're going to be venturing into Leviticus chapter 7. And unfortunately, there's been a little bit of a halt uh, throughout the time on A Voice in the Distance because of a a lot of stuff going on right now. Right now, we are looking at uh, a form of history in our world right now that's going on in an epidemic, which is what we know as the coronavirus. Called COVID nineteen, and unfortunately, it's taking lots of lives around the world. and And right now, in our uh, in the uh, country where I'm at, in the United States, uh, it has really been spreading rapidly over here. And so, everything has been going on with uh, some changes, uh, changes in the workplace, changes in, in the household, changes in the in the churches, because we're all having to go digital now a voice in the distance is used to that so you know nothing new under the sun here because this is what it was designed for technically is for because of things like this you know maybe you couldn't go to church for whatever reason and uh, so you know voice in the distance ministries is a way to, to be able to have church coming to you as we go through the bible book by book verse by verse and so One of the things that I've been told over the years, and one of the things that I've seen personally and firsthand over the years, is that a lot of you know the churches don't teach the whole Bible, and um, and that's some uh, complaint that I've heard from many people. Uh, that that I've never known this book. I've never heard this book before. I don't know what it what it's about, you know. And my church will not teach it, and a lot of ter- churches won't. So again, the whole design was is to basically have the whole Bible taught from every chapter, every book, every verse. And so, what's interesting is is right now I'm in the book of Leviticus, which is probably one of the most avoided books in the Bible, right there next to Numbers and Song of Solomon and <laughs> some minor prophet books. This one is very avoided, but you know what's interesting about this and, and why we shouldn't avoid it? And I'll give you two reasons. We shouldn't avoid it because it's the word of God first and foremost, but secondly, we shouldn't avoid it because now when we look at these, this epidemic, we are practicing clean, cleanliness uh, tactics that we didn't always uh, check and we didn't always do. But you know what's interesting is God gave instructions to this stuff thousands of years ago to the people. And we're, we're not there yet. In chapter seven, because we have got a few more chapters to go until we get to that section uh, on on the uh, the laws and the and, and the instructions on what to do and what not to do in the form of of washing and cleanliness. But that whole perspective that whole thing was created by God. And what's interesting is, is that's why again, when we look at certain books, people avoid it because they always used to, the, the the biggest thing they say is how does this pertain to my life and to my life now? Well, guess what. Leviticus thousands of years ago is pertaining to your life right now if you've been asking that question. So I want to uh, go ahead and and, and invite you again not to avoid avoid any book in the Bible but especially this one right now because again God is always right as God is always good. And and so we're going to be practicing these things, but we also want to look at everything because we see God's mind, we see God's heart, we see God's instruction. Now we don't practice a lot of these things, but there are certain aspects that we do practice in Leviticus, and, and that we should, and, and for good reason. Because we, we look at things now and we think, like, gosh, if we would have done uh, done a little more of this stuff, we wouldn't be seeing the things we're having. So again, God is good and God is always right. And even in the most avoided books of the Bible, there uh, God is always good and his word is always right. So let us take a time now, take the time now to venture into Leviticus chapter seven. But now what we're going to be looking at is, is again the laws and the laws of certain things, because in the previous chapters he gave instructions. God was giving instructions to Moses on how to how to do certain things. And we now we have the laws of them and why with the instructions and again there was there was reason for this stuff and, and so we looked at the laws of the burnt offering and the laws of the grain offering uh, laws of the sin offering in chapter six okay but now we 're going to be looking into some other stuff in chapter seven that 's going to be again very important and very interesting too so again do not uh, do not take the book of Leviticus lightly, do not take anything in the word of God lightly because again this is our This is our instruction manual. We call the Bible the B-I-B-L-E, right? The basic instructions before leaving earth. And those basic instructions before leaving earth are the uh, important vital things of getting us to eternity. So let us, again, venture and and look very closely into the things of what God is saying. Uh, Chapter 7 in in Leviticus, I'm going to start us off in verse 1 through 5. It says, likewise... This is the law of the trespass offering. It is most holy. It says here, in the place where they kill the burnt offering, they shall kill the trespass offering, and its blood shall be sprinkled all around on the altar. And he shall offer it from all its fat, the fat uh, the tail and the fat that covers the entrails, the two kidneys and the fat that, um, the fat is, is on them by the flanks and the fatty lobe attached to the liver above the kidneys. He shall remove. And the priest shall burn them on the altar as an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a trespass offering. Every male, and I'll, oh, that was stop there. It's a trespass offering. So looking at the term trespassing, what it is is it's simply blatantly entering somewhere we should not be. And when we enter to places of sin and dark, we, we trespass on God. The, the sin of crossing boundaries is what this is. And I like just now how crossing somewhere was paid for for free of charge on the cross, and I will get to that a little later, but again, the shedding of blood on the altar and strictly on the altar right it, it didn't have to be it didn't have to anywhere it be anywhere near the tabernacle because in in chapter five it was simple in first confession before the Lord with the sacrifice is what was was what was um demanded, or commanded, I should say. And even though sacrifice was the atoning factor, confession was still a need. And to this day, it still is. Well, we can say to ourselves that, well, God knows what we did, yet he still desires confession and repentance. And when it is confessed, we can actually, I find myself, I don't know about others, but when it's confessed, we can be convicted a little more by it. <laughs> you know, We say out loud what it is we did. See, it's not an easy it's not easy to sweep it under the under the rug. Because perhaps you know perhaps try it if you've ever had in confessing out loud to God. And, and now once again, the fat was separated. It was burned on the altar and the body, the fat and the muscle were separated. And and there are parts in the body that we don't like, in our own bodies that is, and and it's the body fat. And as we burn it off with diet and exercise, the, the fat on the body of the sacrifice was to be burned away as well. It, it had no use because there was a British theologian from, I think it was the 17 or 1800s. His name was Adam Clark. And he said that the, the fat was a detached state that was not mixed with muscles. And I thought that was a good way to put it. Again, because holiness is about separation, and there are things within us that that should be detached from our bodies that separates us from holiness and therefore separating us from God. The way of atonement by having to perform it gave personal examples of separating from sin and other trespasses. This chapter focused on the reasons as the previous ones focus on the way to do it, and particular instruction We have uh, killing a sacrifice was to killing sins. If we had more of a concern for killing sin, one would have to wonder how different societies would be with the reverence to what we do. Because too often, we love what we do in debauchery. We love what we do in hurting people. It's all the things that God detests. And and when we get to that point, we become a normal part of it, unfortunately. Revelation chapter 9 spoke of people who continued in horrific sins even after surviving apocalyptic disasters. They, they disregarded it. And before, beforehand in Romans it speaks of God giving, uh, people into their sinful desires. That is what they wanted more than God in His light. So, He gave them up to those sinful desires because they wanted that more than God. So, Lord willing, we will be awakened more with a dislike for things of sin and for the love of God instead. Now, in verse, uh, let's look at verse 6 through 10. And again, we're in chapter 7 of Leviticus. It says, Now every male among the priests may eat it. It shall be eaten in a holy place, and it, it is most holy. The trespass offering is like the sin offering. There is one law for them both. The priest who make atonement with it shall have it, and the priest who offer anyone's burnt offering, the priest shall have for himself the skin of the burnt offering, uh, which is which is it offered. Also, every grain offering that is baked in the oven, and all of it shall be prepared in the covered pan or in its pan shall be the priest who offers it. Every grain offering, whether mixed with oil or dry, shall be, uh, belong to all the sons of Aaron, to one as much as the other. Now, what belonged to who here is the blood and the fat belong to God. The, the blood, remember this, that the blood always represents the life form and who creates it, right? Who creates it, God does. The rest was the provisions for the priest, also provided and instructed by God. Now, the skin that was provided would typically be used for making leather. Possibly what they would do is they would use, uh, use the leather for making tents, as well as they were made from um, animal skins. The tents were, uh, were used in traveling back over there in the ancient east, and also probably to this day still. But second, God also instructs the grain offering to the priest. And though we do not perform these tasks uh I found it interesting how people would bring um in in particular countries and stuff uh people would bring fruits to a statue and they would let it sit there and and it would rot right and and one would have to question why right because of, we, we look at these things and, and, and they bring it there and we know that this, this statue doesn't exist as a God. We know it's not going to be consumed. It goes to waste. But most do we not serve, at most do we not serve a living God, right? A creator who instructs on the use of these things so it doesn't go to waste, it's perfect, right? It's intelligent. We we cannot consume those things. So here is what to do with it. God is, is good and God is always right. And the grain offering was, again, repeated from chapter 2 on the instructions. Uh, if you're going to use a pan or a covered pan, which is kind of like an oven, all of the above shows God's all-knowing ways. But again, consumed by the priest because God received the aroma of the grain offering, but... Uh, But but to let that go to waste would be like throwing away the handiwork of God. The the stuff that required making it was all within God's creation to allow us to have it. So grain and wheat is grown, which means that man cannot create it without the provision that God provided. It's like someone who builds a sandcastle. If there's no sand or water, there is no provision. For it. God provides those things more so for our enjoyment but everything else was for provision right the, the priest was to make sure that everything was distributed evenly among them like when Jesus multiplied the five loaves of bread right, and the two fish for, for five thousand men and their families so the disciples what they did is they took count and they distributed it amongst the people that was their task it was like that of, of the priest here. But the creator was the provider. The man just distributed. So this was also a good reminder to make sure that it was God that they got the glory. And not the priest and the leaders. All they are is like servers at a restaurant, but in a more glorified way. Making sure that all was distributed equally and it was showing no favoritism from God. He, he makes sure everyone is taken care of. So again, we, we see the in-depth way of why these are done in this fashion. Now in verse 11 through 18, it says, This is the law of the sacrifice of peace offerings which he shall offer to the Lord. If he offers it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer it of the sacrifice of thanksgiving, unleavened cakes mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, or cakes of blended flour mixed with oil. Besides the cakes, as his offering, it shall be offered leavened bread with the sacrifice of thanksgiving of his peace offering. And from it he shall offer one cake from each offering of a heave, uh, heave offering to the Lord. It shall belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of uh, the peace offering, the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day it is offered. He shall not leave any of it until morning. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a vow or a voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day that he offers his sacrifice. But on the next day, he uh, the remainder the remainder of it also be eaten. The remainder of the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day must be burned with fire. And if any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering it is eaten by all the, uh, at all on the third day, it shall not be accepted, nor shall it be imputed on him. It shall be an abomination to him who offers it, and the per, um, and the person who eats of it shall bear guilt. So. With the peace offering, there was a mix of animal sacrifice with unleavened cakes and also made with unleavened bread. uh This was something unusual because we normally see unleavened bread in all usage, right? Leaven is the yeast that makes the bread rise, but that yeast was always a representation of sin, so that's why they uh, they never used yeast in in bread the manna or anything of that sort was was flat but in in this case. The leavened bread was put on the altar with the sacrifice. And it makes sense because it it was to be burned away in part of what would be called a heave offering. And when we say heave offering, uh, we heave something as we we lift, right? It, It was an offering that would be lifted up to God. And the priest would hold each leavened and unleavened in each hand. And it was brought before God in symbolizing the cleansing. So there was to be separation, we have leaven in us as sin, and then we come before the Lord to remove that sin. But we can divide this offering into three things within its purpose. Thanksgiving, offering, a vow offering, and a free will offering. Uh, the Thanksgiving offering was done at really any time if you want. to, to Just give thanks to God. So be it, right? And, and that was an offering pleasing to Him simply because it wasn't due to a sin sacrifice. Because we know that God prefers obedience over sacrifice. A, a gift just because of who you are is more pleasing than a payment for restoration because of what we've done. A, a vow offering was simply put, it was a gesture of offering something with the vow. Kind of like a wedding ring, right? A, a wedding ring and a ceremony is a representation of belonging uh, to as it's all a blessing. A free will offering again has no occasion for this one. uh, These are wonderful examples of praise and worship. Uh, It's giving and restoration. It's is good. It it mends. It blesses. It puts uh, some some giving just just because blesses beyond measure. Right? That's what it comes down to. Blessings beyond measure. When we praise God, it is done out of is it done out of force? right when we praise god is it done out of force or is it done because it's the right thing to do or or when we deep down do we not just feel up to it i think these are questions for ourselves right how would we feel if god th- thought of us in that aspect right see we as people we we expect uh, the best from god at all times we want the best from god at all times and if not we walk away yet we do not deserve all of those things, and, and we know it, but we still want it. God does not make mistakes. God doesn't blow it. Never once did we ever see where, where he, God had to apologize to anyone for anything. That is why Thanksgiving offerings were so vital. And, and the free, off, uh, free will offerings as well. Because doing so just because of who God is, right? Things will, will not always go well here on earth. They will not always go well in life. But, they will in heaven. They will in eternity, beyond any good times here on earth, on earth that we hold, right? We, we are told that. We are told that everything in heaven is gonna be perfect. And that is the reason for the gifts of praise, because of who God is, yet He still gives, He still blesses, and He still wants us. Just because of who He is, because He is worthy, He is righteous, that alone should be enough. But it goes beyond that even. Now, let's uh, in uh, verses 19 to 25, it says, The flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burned with fire. And as for the clean flesh, all who are clean may eat of it. But the person who eats the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering that belongs to the Lord, while he is unclean, that person shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, the person who touches any unclean thing, such as human uncleanliness or unclean animal or any abominable unclean thing, and he who eats the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering that belongs to the Lord, that person shall be cut off from his people. Now we call this the, the, the ceremonial. Uh, the ceremonial unclean must not be touched. Because to, to be ceremonially clean and and to willingly participate was a very serious sin. Now, this was not a requirement for perfection. It was a requirement for obedience and holiness. Because when something was done as, as simple as even touching something unclean... And though it may or may not affect us physically, knowing that you touched it in your heart willingly and willingly partaking with God is dangerous. Because ceremonial, they were doing this to be at peace and, and with God and to worship God. And if not, excommunication was the requirement. Because we will see where people will be stricken by leprosy. And, and by that, they're not to be amongst others. And that's another thing too that in Leviticus we're going to see too is... is uh, how leprosy was dealt with. And spiritually or ceremonially ceremonially it was like that of spiritual leprosy. It was to be treated as such because like leprosy touching someone can spread the disease as does that of spiritual deception. Like it's kind of like taking communion. We are told to to not have any iniquity in our hearts when we take communion. Because if we do, we could fall into sickness. It says it in 1 Corinthians very clearly. Because God wants truth in the heart, in the spirit, is is what is the key. It's the key in what we're reading as we continue now. Let's take a look at verse 26 to 38, and that should cover chapter 7. Moreover, you shall not eat any any blood in any of your dwellings, whether uh, bird or beast. Whoever eats any blood, that person shall be cut off from his people. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying that he who offers the sacrifice of his peace offering to the Lord shall bring his offering to the Lord. From the sacrifice of his peace offering, his own hands shall bring the offerings made by fire to the Lord. The fat with the breast he shall, uh, shall bring, that the breast uh, may be waved as a wave offering before the Lord. And the priest shall burn... The, the fat on the altar, but the breast shall uh, be on uh, uh, Aaron's, Aaron and his sons. Also the right thigh you shall give to the priest as a heave offering from the sacrifice of your peace offerings. He among the sons of Aaron who offers the blood of the, sac- of the peace offering and of the fat shall have the right thigh for his part. For the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering I have taken from the children of Israel from the sacrifices of their peace offering and I have given them to Aaron and the priest, to his sons and to the children of Israel by a statute forever. This is the consecrated portion for Aaron and his sons. Uh, from of the offerings made of fire to the Lord on the day when Moses presented them to the minister of the Lord as priests, the Lord commanded this this to be given to them by the children of Israel. And on that on the day he anointed them by a statute forever throughout their generations, this is the law of the burnt offerings, the grain offering, and the sin offering, the trespass offering, and the consecration of the sacrifice, the peace offering which the lord commanded moses on mount sinai on the day when he commanded the children of israel to offer their offerings to the lord in the wilderness of sinai again never was blood in actual blood ever to be consumed because blood is the representation of life see as it circulates in the heart and in the body we know medically we know, we also know medically as well the dangers of such in consuming blood But we see the wave offering now, and that was to be brought by the person who is in need of the offering. See, it it was the breast of the offering kept and eaten by the priest. But as always, the best part was given up to God first. The thigh that was given was given to the priest. The left thigh was given to the one bringing the sacrifice. And the the consecrated part was to Aaron and his sons, which was the priesthood in their service. Everyone was to be provided for, right? God was worshiped, the priests were blessed in their service to God, and the people were provided for as well. Now, why was these particular, or these rituals given, right? It it was simple. It was to teach people valuable lessons while receiving atonement while displaying worship, right? Remember those three things. To teach the people valuable lessons, it was also for receiving atonement and, and displaying worship. And, and the ritual instruction is done, is done now. The, the following chapter will go into other things. But the rituals given here became unpracticed within time. Uh, even, you know, years later. Um, in our time especially too. But we've finally gotten through that. So in chapter 8 we're going to be looking at new aspects. But people, see the thing is, is that people were losing their worship and their indifferences toward God. And, and their indifferences in His ways. Again, we do not practice these things, but we can practice diligent love and worship. We can uh, practice diligent prayer and fellowship. But there can be there can be no relationship with the Lord unless you get to know Him. And to be a part of Him. And at this time, we have looked at the instruction of God and the instruction of His ways. It is now time to make an important decision. And that is that is, do you want God in your life? Do you want to be with Him in eternity? That is the question for the ages. is do you want God? See, God wants you. He's always wanted you. He's been waiting for you. And so the the question is, is are you going to make the decision to say, "I want him too?" When, when my time is up, I want to be with Him. And I do believe everything he said and I believe everything he did and I believe in his son Christ Jesus who died on the cross for my sins see we talked about the holy place in the beginning being the altar the altar was a place of sacrifice Jesus was sacrificed on a different form of something called the cross which was again a device that was used by Roman uh, Roman punishment and torture and what's interesting is the the uh, the cross which in the latin means torture device and that's what he was on and, and so let us remember that, that that was the altar that he was sacrificed on once and for all for us so let us take this time now to to pray let us take this time now to to reflect and 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 let the holy spirit speak to you if he is if he has done just that, if you feel that you want the Lord, Christ Jesus, in your heart as your Lord and your Savior, your Father, you can do that right now by saying a prayer of repentance and receiving. And you can follow me in that prayer. So if you feel led, if you feel like the Lord has called you to Him, I want you to say this prayer after me. Dear God, please forgive me. Father, forgive me of all of my sins, Lord. As I confess to you, Lord, that I am a sinner. And Lord, that I need you. Lord, I confess that I want you too, Lord. As my Lord and my Savior. Wash me and cleanse me of all of my sins. And, and thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for being the sacrifice, Lord. As I believe in you and I believe in what you've done. And Lord, I receive you now. In my heart, Father, I ask of you to come into my life. I ask of you to live in me and live in my heart, Father. And I ask of you, Lord, that you would have me when my time comes. As I thank you and I praise you, I love you. And I receive you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, how nice it is to be back! <laughs> and I, I pray again that, that you're taking this time to be wise and taking this time to be faithful. Remember that, that faith and wisdom are two very powerful and you know, very powerful tools. And, and so during this during this time, we are told to be indoors. We're we're told to uh, to be clear of people, and that's fine. But do not do not be clear of the Lord. You wash your hands all you can But if you want to keep your hands clean Keep your hands being held in His So may we continue right now to be faithful But may we continue in our wisdom As He instructs us through His Word So may God bless you May He keep you May you be continually protected May you be strong in spirit and body Because it is up to Him In order to be doing all of that for us so my love to you and God bless you all and continue to walk in the talk with our Lord. And may we all be together again someday soon. God bless you.